Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Thanks to Warlock and Hellraiser, the horror genre is hot again. Isn't that something? Now, from the critically acclaimed director of Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, comes The Borrower, a new kind of horror film. There ain't nobody gonna believe this. An alien serial killer from another universe comes to Earth. The monster. And Ray Don Chong is the detective who must find him. Oh my God! Nonsense Reanimator has there been such a movie? The Borrower, the ultimate head trip. Kind of cute. Kind of. John McNaughton's The Borrower. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hey, yeah. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic. Oh, yeah, baby. This is Scott. This is Joey. There you go. See, that it worked out perfectly. Yeah, you like that? And and, and uh, this episode, we're reviewing uh, the 1991 film The Borrower, which I... you probably never heard of. No, no. <laughs> uh, and only the, the, the second film, John McNaughton. Or McNutty uh, mm-hmm. uh, did after Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, right? Which, <laughs> not a silly which, killer, not a silly, not killer. a silly killer, serial uh, killer, serial killer. Harry was Henry was not silly at all. No, no, that's one of those yep. movies that I showed my wife when we were dating, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been forgiven for it. Mm. I don't think I don't think Holly's ever seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That's probably a good thing. 
That's probably. I, I don't think she hate it, but it's no, it's not. You nah, know, that, it's that, like that, it's like funny games. That's the film I watch, and then I just bury it deep inside. Yeah, that that's not a movie you watch with no. other people, or or twice, or twice. Henry Henry, I've seen more than once. Uh, funny uh, games now. Yeah, I've I've seen Henry uh, quite quite a few times. Yeah. I don't think we've ever watched it together, though. We might have watched no, no. scenes here and there, but... I, I don't think I've ever watched that with another person. I, yeah. I think I would feel dirty. Yeah. Well, at least we wouldn't have to explain ourselves. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, I know. Yeah, right. like, yeah. yeah it's... And I was actually very upset that I was I um, I wanted to see it when it premiered in the theater. Uh, it, there were one or two theaters playing it in the area because it was uh, unrated, or it was NC-17. Henry? Yeah. How old were you? Henry uh, came out was, in eighty. In Henry came out in eighty six. Yeah, unless, I unless this. Well, no. Uh, what were you? Thirteen. No, no. I was born in seventy three, sir. Yeah, and eighty six would make you thirteen. No. Well, yes, I mean, maybe. Y- yes, it kind would. Of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless, by the time it hit actual theaters. No, no. Seventy three. It came. Yeah. What, what, what was release date for Henry? Well, the film was made in 1986, but it might have actually hit some movie theaters by the time you wanted to see it. Maybe a few was, years I later. I was like a, I was like a junior. I was like a senior, I think. Okay, so a junior, junior or senior. Then it might have uh, had a. Um, well, actually, I'll find out. I have it in front of me. It, it took a while to come out. It, yeah. it might have taken a while to come out, or it was in maybe a re-release state. Yeah, it came out September of 1990. So yeah. it was filmed. So it didn't come out. Wow! It didn't come out f- until four years later. Well, they were having all the problems with the MPAA because the MPAA told them it was the first film where they ever said, "There's no cuts you can make to get an R. This film is not. This film cannot have an R just because of the tone." <laughs> it, was, it was like the so, first time ever. They, they were like, what, "What can we cut? Nothing. This film will never be released as an R." Wow. Period. So, That's so crazy. that would have made you seventeen years old when this movie came out. So, uh, right, that, it was that, seventeen, so I could have seen it, but I had a biology exam that day that other people were going, and I did. I ended up not seeing it. So I was very pissed. That is incredible. Here, holy shit! Here, check this out. Uh, just some of the release schedules. It came out in nineteen eighty six in Chicago, mm-hmm. the International Film Festival. Right. Then was not seen again. Uh, until two years later in 1988 at the Telluride Film Festival. Then it came out in 1989 in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it started making the rounds in 1990 uh, in the U.S. At the, um, uh, it, it came out September 7th in the USA. But then even after that, it took until 1992 to get a Japanese premiere. Mm-hmm. Which is, and a lot I find of that has amazing. to do with not getting an R rating. Distributors don't want to distribute a film they can't make money on. Yeah, it didn't make it to the Netherlands until 1993. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And then there was some re-releases, which were from 2003 right. to 2014. Now, now speaking of lengthy um, releases, The Borrower itself was actually shot in 1989. Or eighty eight, it was or eighty eight, and it was uh, it, technically it's an eighty nine film, but it wasn't actually released until ninety one because the company that was doing it pretty much dropped it as they were going bankrupt, it, and then Canon picked them up. It feels it feels like a late eighties film. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. It, 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 it really <laughs> did. It really did. Um, I'm going to give you my general consensus of this movie. 
in, yeah. in I mean we'll talk about it obviously. Right. But I can honestly say that I I actually I liked this movie until <laughs> until the ending. Until Tom Towles is no longer in the movie. Yeah, well yeah, well that's that's the pro- all right. Um now let, the, the premise is on. okay, go ahead. Let, yeah, no, let's, yeah, I'm sure the premise, if you want to go start with the premise, I didn't mean to step on you. Well, the, the premise is there's uh, this alien being who's banished to, hey, lucky him, our planet as punishment. <laughs> uh, he gets banished to our planet as punishment and essentially goes on a killing rampage uh, because he, I guess from what I took, he, uh, the, the Earth's atmosphere, he's not adapting very well, so... Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of vague, but but what they what they kind of imply in the beginning is that they have de-evolved him into human form, right. but that the de-evolution is not always stable, and there might be problems. Right. In this case, the problem is uh, his head doesn't his head explodes. His head explodes, and he needs he keeps needing a replacement. Right. So he tears off the nearest person's head and puts it on his body, and then he's allowed he's able to revert to human form. And survive that way, right? And uh, it doesn't so, last very long, so he he keeps going through fucking heads, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But what the first body he gets is Tom Towles, who, if you don't know who he is, uh, he was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He played Otis. He played Otis, which was Henry uh, Lee Henry Lee Lucas. It's it's it, the character is loosely based on Henry Lee Lucas, but it's yeah. just Henry. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's like Henry's like sidekicks. Well, right? Henry and, Lee and Lucas actually has a, a fucked up I'm sidekick. Sorry, Henry Lee Lucas. I, I, hold on, I was t- over, I was talking over you. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. Was I talking over you? No, no, I talked over you. I'm saying, go ahead. Oh well, if anyone's read any any kind of true crime or anything, even about Henry Lee Lucas, he did have a fucked up partner, uh, who he'd go around killing people with. So, right. um, Tom Towles plays that guy, and and that person I, was it Otis, not Otis Redding. That's the guy from the the musical. <laughs> yeah. um, uh-huh. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, Henry Henry's sidekick Otis, who that character is based on, um, supposedly confessed to being the person who killed. Um, oh, John Walsh's son. Right, which is probably bullshit. Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance he was just fucking with John Walsh, and John Walsh is gullible because, well, you know, his mother let his kid die. Well, Henry anyway, Lee Lucas was, he was a pathological liar. I mean, he told the well, truth somewhat in what he said. Uh, in one interview, he had admitted to over 300 murders. And then <laughs> towards the end of the interview, or not even towards the end, he says, yeah, I've killed over 300 people. And then he kind of do one of the, you know, but it was really more like 100. It's like, that's that's still fucked up. Uh, you evil fucking bastard. But he that was... Like, they even reflect that in the movie, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll ask... Uh, he was asked a question, you know... Uh, it's like, yeah, I killed my mama. I killed her yeah. with a baseball bat. And then he'd quickly change his story to... Like, he's telling strang- the story, and the literature says, that's why I stabbed her. So I thought you said he killed her with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, no, that movie... Na- that's why that, that film was not allowed to have an R rating, because it nailed so well exactly what a serial killer is. Right. And it, 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 the, that movie is just fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. I just... Uh, just uh, yeah, but um, Otis... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the name, because it's been a while since I've gotten into my... Uh, Otis Tool. Thank you. Otis oh, Tool. Oh, that's right. Otis Tool. Otis with two Ts. Otis Tool. He's the one that confessed to... Um, uh, Adam Walsh's death. Uh, I I think lying. I think so. Just, 
If he hung yeah. out with Henry Lee Lucas at all, then he picked up some of those habits, I think. Oh, well, you know, hand in hand. Well, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and Henry got, Henry Lee Lucas got all the press, but Otis was a, he, Otis, you know, carried his own weight. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. So but, anyway, so, <laughs> so Tom Towles, he's he's the uh, they're they're hunting on um, on government property. So he's got a a, a hunting rifle with a bottle. Uh, like a soda bottle silencer on the end, which yeah. is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool. When I saw it, I'm like, wow, that's pretty neat. <laughs> I, I should say suppressor, not really silencer, but yeah. Um, so well, they, they the, witnessed... The fucking the, cops you know, call it a silencer later. <laughs> they, yeah, they do, and they shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, right. it's a little, well, let, let, let's be fair. All the cops in this film are really bad cops. Very bad cops. Yeah. Radon Chong is a horrible police officer yeah and 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 not in the sense of that they're dirty they're just shitty yeah. they're just shitty at their job you know what's weird is radon chong is has been cast as a police officer in a lot of films yeah and she's always a bad police. half the time she dies <laughs> it's true. i'm pretty sure she she died in crying freeman the american uh film version of i'm not mistaken uh yeah you yeah might, she dies you might, in that one yeah i think you're right yeah I remember that, <laughs> but uh, um, so Tom Towles is the redneck guy that uh, is the first head to be stolen, and the problem is Tom Towles is such a great actor, uh, or he has his own. He's a very unique. He's a, he's a character actor. He has his own unique stylings. Very. And uh, so, throughout the film, uh, the this the borrower, this alien, keeps on as heads are rejected. He takes new heads, and he takes a total of uh, five heads throughout the film. Six, six. And he, and the thing is, Tom Towles is so good, and obviously he has a relationship with John McNaughton. He's on the cover yeah. of the poster, even though well, he's he's not in the film for more than a half an but, hour. But he is with the he is the head longer than any other head. He is. Yeah, he is. The, we we get to know the character through Tom Towles. Definitely. Um, and he he's very good in that part, and I and I actually really did enjoy the film up until he loses his head, and not because he's gone, but because the film starts to fall apart. It is. It's not. Yeah. Again, because the there's that there's that other. Um, well, I, well, hold on, just just briefly. Yeah. Uh, the other actors that end up playing uh, at least for extended periods, um, the the borrower Antonio Fargus is also a good actor. And then uh, uh, Richard Wharton, not Richard Wharton, God damn it, uh, Tony uh, Amendola. Uh, they're all, they've been in other films. They're actually they're yep. decent actors. Uh, but the, the the weird thing is when those three actors play the alien, they kind of play them in their own way. So it's it never feels like you're watching the same character, which might be fair because technically uh, there's a lot of complex shit going on in this film that is barely covered because they're kind of making two or three films at once. You, you know what's funny? When he takes Antonio Fargus's head, who plays Julius... Uh, he, the homeless homeless black the guy. The homeless black guy. Who, for some reason, I could have sworn he was the same guy from um, uh, uh, Brother from Another Planet, but I was totally mistaken. No, I was obviously not he was, the same actor. He was the pimp in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. I mean, he's been in right. other things, but yeah. he, he's yeah. the most memorable for me because I saw that when I was a kid. Uh, uh, but um, the alien is taking the heads, okay? So he lands on this planet as a white dude, right? Right. And loses his head, grabs another head. Loses that head, grabs another head. But when Antonio Fargus, uh, uh, he takes his head, the rest of him becomes black. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> so no, no. it's just they didn't bother. It's like, okay, we need to make your arms white or at but least cover them up and paint his hands. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't say they didn't bother. I would say that the film was on a very low budget. And now let, let's let's dial back for a minute. One of the special effects people, uh, the main special effects people, is Kevin Yeager, who became famous for the Freddy Krueger makeup. Right. Uh, Kevin Yeager, who I think he, he works on the Bones TV show now. He's uh, he's been around since horror in the eighties became the shit. Uh, Kevin Kevin Yeager is a very well known name in horror films, uh, and a lot of the bladder work he did for the he- pulsing heads before they explode, which was great, very, by the way, very well done. Uh, great exploding head in the opening too. I think it's the only time you see a head explode. Is the first one. That is true. Um, so, but I, the film is a very low budget film, and so you you got to figure they hit a point to where it was like, well, who's gonna notice? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, they go through the trouble of making sure he's wearing multiple layers of clothing, uh, so you can't tell that you have different body types playing the character. And uh, so I, I in, in the 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 they're, they're, I guess they're hoping that you won't notice. I guess. Uh, I think it's why in the one scene where he briefly takes the head of a woman, they just do it very briefly because uh, we can't fuck with bodies here. It's just, you know, just give it, <laughs> give us five, give us 10 seconds with the head. We'll move on. All right. Come on. Right. Exactly. Or when he does finally take the doctor's head and he takes his shirt off, I'm like, yeah, the guy that originally starts yeah. <laughs> off the film is totally fucking jacked. <laughs> it's like, it's like, why did you, why did yeah. you bother taking, having him take his shirt off at all? They needed to get somebody different for that scene. Yeah, they shouldn't have been such a like a like a like a, a pro wrestler looking physique. And then when he takes the doctor, he has his shirt off at the gym. Like, yeah, that doesn't look like the guy in the first scene of the film. Now, um, I mean, you you can get away a lot with body get away with a lot with body types when you're like got layers of clothing and stuff. But right. yeah, when he's yeah in the locker room at the at the racquetball club, no, no, no that's that's not an alien body. No, sorry. Um. <laughs> I love the film. There's one person on the uh, now. There's out of the three people um, get, get writing credits for the film. Only one of them is a screenplay writer that has any other credits. That's Richard Fire, and he did the screenplay for um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, that's his other big one. Yeah, that's his other big one. Uh, now there's two other people listed. One is screenplay, and they have no other credits. Mason Age, and he also has story. And, but that's his only screenplay credit, too. And I really have the feeling that Mason Age is the guy that said, you know, it'd be cool. And then <laughs> <laughs> he, was a, he was forever attached to this. And now I have a theory, and I want you to back me up on this. Okay. When you're watching this film, you're an astute film goer as I am. Is there another film that came to mind while you're watching this that's very similar in plot wise? Um. Aliens, body swapping like invasion of the body snatchers i'm thinking more like kyle mclaughlin in the hidden the oh wow yeah let me now, tell you something. that's like like i totally forgot that film existed until you just mentioned it really <laughs> yeah wow, that's, it's it's that's one of those it's one of those films where it's like i now i have to go get it <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get that all the time. It's like someone will say something and it'll just spark a memory in another film that mm-hmm. they didn't bring up. It just made me think of something else. I'm like, yeah, shit, how film, do I not have that movie? After I went and revisited this film, because honestly, I have not watched this film since 1991 when it came out. I don't, um, I've never seen this movie. Yeah. Oh, well, then this, this was a treat for you. Yes, it was. I, I, I went back and watched this and after I watched it, I went ahead and watched The Hidden because I was so in my head. 
And now, and here's the deal: The Hidden was made was released in '87. This film was shot in '88, released uh, supposed to release in '89. Right. And the only copy that we have is a laserdisc rip. Right. Dollars to donuts. The Hidden. And someone said, "Yeah, that's a great idea, but what if he was just taking the heads?" <laughs> <laughs> and the hidden, if you if you're not familiar with the film, uh, it's about uh, these aliens that that take over other people's bodies like parasites. And there's one that's a criminal, and it's he's swapping bodies all through the film while the other one uh, is in Kyle McLaughlin's body. Am I saying that name right? Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. From from uh, Twin Peaks. Yep. Dude. Yeah. Right. Kyle McLaughlin. Because uh, for some reason, sometimes I get his name mixed up with uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin. So I want to make sure I wasn't doing that. That uh, <laughs> as silly as that sounds, it's not that crazy. <laughs> well, it's, it's they're very similar. Kyle McLaughlin, Macaulay McCulkin. Yeah, try Macaulay, saying that five Mac- times. Macaulay fast. Culkin. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Hidden is a straight sci-fi cop action film. You know, humorous undertones, but it's still it's a straight action right. sci-fi film. Uh, when when did that come a, out? Was that was it come out like uh, only a couple years after this, like ninety four ish? No, it, before eighty seven. The Hidden said, was in 87? It was 87. This film was shot in 88, released in 80, was supposed to release in 89, wasn't released until 91. Okay. I guarantee this film is a... Is the I wouldn't off? say a rip-off. I wouldn't say a rip-off as much as, like, yeah, that's... Again, uh, I, I can see Mason Age, like, yeah, you hear they're doing this film with the aliens swapping bodies? It'd be, it'd be cool if they swapped the heads. And then, you know, then John McNaughton's like, yeah, let's run with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he, Richard on the phone. We're doing it. Yeah, he yeah, he was it, just off of making Henry, where you know a serial killer cut people up. He's like, that's not that far off. Yeah, and you wouldn't even know that that the, the director also directed Henry Ports of a Serial Killer because Henry Ports of a Serial Killer is only mentioned twice in the film. Yeah, <laughs> once in a, once in a uh, a little uh, flyer on a phone booth as uh, uh, Tom Towles passes. Right, it, and I and the other time is in the background uh, of a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Got that? While while the uh, the uh, the other horrible female cop, because apparently female cops are horrible police people. Yeah. Uh, she's being beaten and raped by the. Uh, they don't say rape, but you're, you, yeah, he raped her. Yeah, you could uh, you could hear it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> and while he's doing that in the background, Henry report Henry reports of a serial killer, the most horrifying film you'll ever see. the <laughs> weather. <laughs> Back to you, Bob. <laughs> like like Henry ever had television commercials for it? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I thought of. I go, there is no fucking way yeah. that that ever had a teaser spot on television. I'm gonna go slightly off script and explain because I'm just remembering. I was talking to uh, Catherine and a friend of hers who had just gone to the comic convention. And she's like, "Oh, I love the Evil Dead, the Evil Dead too." And she's like a teenager, so I have to show my my chops. Like, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, I was explaining to her that when Evil Dead Two came out, it went out unrated because they couldn't get an R rating, so they said, "Fuck you." And that at that time, and probably today, but who cares with the internet, you couldn't get advertising in newspapers or on television if you had didn't, you didn't have, have an MP rating. So the only way they could advertise was on radio. And I remember in the, being in a car uh, as a teenager, I think it was 13, 4, I forget the exact year, and just hearing, we just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound fine? <laughs> Evil Dead 2. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I have first-hand experience in knowing how hard it is to advertise an unrated film, let alone an NC-17 well, film. I remember growing up, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, MTV used to do something called Chiller oh, Theater. As opposed to growing up as an adult? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I had you, to. 
below, below me. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't help, but I apologize. Uh, MTV used to do this thing uh, called Chiller Theater, and I believe it was it was one of those like midnight affairs. Or was it Chil- MTV? I thought it was like VH1. No, it was MTV because I, I it uh, VH1 might have shown that in reruns, but I don't think it was MTV. But go ahead. Are you sure? That was I'm the one sure. where it had the claymation think. of like the hand coming out of the ground. You know, like have, turning I, I into didn't. like a dead tree or some shit like that. Or that no, it didn't. Not a dead tree. It just came out of the ground. It was kind of like long, slender fingers. Don't think. I do not think it was. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, they used they used to do Chiller Theater or Chiller TV. It was called Chiller something. I, I don't exactly remember. Chiller Theater. Chiller Theater. You're or right. Was it Chiller Theater? Okay. Um, but they used to do what they used to do is they used to show clips from horror films all the time. Yeah. Just for no reason. And Evil well, Dead Two. Theater. I mean, well, yeah, but Evil Dead Two was one of the favorites, and I'm okay. a I'm a kid, growing right, up. Well, this is like in the mid to late '80s. They did that. I'm gonna pause you real yeah. quick. Chiller Theater was a Saturday night show on Channel 11 WPIX in New York. What? Yes. Oh, I swear, I could, dude. I would bet money that that was on MTV. But if you say nope. it's on Channel 11. No, I, I thought it was VH1, but no, it's not even that. Because it was pre-MTV. I remember watching it pre-MTV. Jesus Christ. MTV it, didn't it, start until 1980-something, right? 81 or 82. Right. Chiller Theater was around um, before 1970, uh, I think. Oh. That never made its way to MTV? Am I thinking of something else on MTV? Might be thinking of something else on MTV. Maybe I'm not, because I specifically remember whatever I watched was called Chiller Theater was around since the 60s, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it, it was New York based, and you were North Jersey, so you could get that channel too. WPIX, or they probably uh, simulcast it, or brought you know, whatever they call it back then. But uh, no, it wasn't. It was not MTV. I, I I just know that for a fact. Anyway, it has no, no bearing on your story. Please go ahead. Well, here I just found a video for Chiller Theater. Oh yeah, the, this the one that I'm looking at here is from the '70s. Yeah. The claymation one. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. With the hand Gee, coming out. Yeah, yeah. and at, and and I was saying dead tree. There's a dead tree in the background. Uh huh. So, yeah, I know. I knew exactly what you're talking about. Anyhow, I could swear that was on MTV, but okay, whatever. So then it was Chiller Theater, and Evil Dead movies like Evil Dead, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Jason, uh, the Freddy Krueger, the, the the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and just about every other kind of. Uh, you know, like Cronenberg stuff, like The Brood, like all these kind of short clips they'd show ah. were on Chiller Theater. And I would see all of these growing up as a kid, and those were that was kind of like my first experiences with a lot of these horror films, because then I would seek them out later. But uh, I totally know what you mean about, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like hearing whatever on the radio. Mm. I, uh, Chiller Theater was like my first real interpretation yeah. of horror and... and, and uh, what I mean, it really meant to go try and watch one of those. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for like Fangoria magazine and Gore Zone and and uh, you know all those uh, slaughterhouse back from the days toxic yep. horrors, because that was before internet where television you know didn't broadcast a lot of this shit and newspapers didn't advertise a lot of it and if you were into horror films especially the stuff that didn't get MPAA ratings you couldn't find out information on it unless you went to these magazines Henry Ports of a Serial Killer I learned about that from Fangoria or uh, or Gore Zone Toxic one of them one of them I don't, I don't remember which one uh, yeah I'm not I don't remember um, Fangoria I, the, the films I learned uh, mostly from Fangoria were films like 
Hellraiser and uh, Poltergeist and you know movies like that Ma- when I was Maniac growing up. Cop. Maniac Cop. Oh, oh no, my um, god. Um, uh, brain, uh, fuck. Bad Taste. First bad, time I ever heard of Bad Taste. Bad Peter taste. Jackson. First time I ever heard of Peter Jackson was Pangoria And I'm, al- I'm almost positive that was the only place that I remember reading that it was originally called Brain Dead. Oh, not no, Brain Dead. I'm, I'm thinking Dead Alive. But I I, I'm almost positive that Fangoria was the only other place that I heard that that Dead Alive was what it was called here. But it was actually really called Brain Dead. But there was yeah. another film called Brain Dead with, I believe, Bill Pullman was in that? Yes. Yeah, um, Bill Pullman. And I've seen it. Oh, okay. So that had already existed here, whereas nowadays that doesn't stop movie companies. Yeah, who cares? It's the same movie's got the same. Fuck that. Who cares? It was too. It was too soon. That was the problem. It was very recent. Right. I mean that that yeah. brain dead version with Bill Pullman was like a year or two old, if that. So right. Um, and they just kind of thought it was bad for business, so they gave it a different name. But I'm almost positive Fangora is the first place that I was like, wow, it's not sure. actually called I mean, Dead Alive. Yeah. And again, we're talking about back before we were actually getting real like foreign films. You know, again, once internet came out, everything with all the, all the borders broke down. But I remember the first time I ever heard of uh, John Woo films like a bullet in the head or Hard Target, uh, not Hard Target, uh, uh, Hard Boiled, Hard Boiled <laughs> was. Do you know they made a Hard Target too? It just came out this year. Stop. I, I just grabbed a copy of it. I swear. Oh no. I'm sure. I, I think. It, does I, I think uh, it does Van Johnson uh, does Van Johnson have a cameo? No, no, no. no. No, it's just a title. Nothing else attached oh, to that. God. Um, but uh, uh, and if anyone doesn't know what I mean by Van Johnson, Jean Claude Van Damme currently has a pilot on Amazon called Jean Claude Van Johnson, where he plays like okay. a secret agent. He's um, all right. Uh, did you? We can get into that when we're done with this a little bit, if you want. We'll get into that when we're done with this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the first time I even heard about like, and again like like European horror, uh, you know, uh, Lucio Fulci, Italian horror. Sure. Uh, that, you know, you, sure. it was really. I, I often explain that, like, I was a horror fan first, and then I became a film fan second because horror zines introduced me to international films, and that's where I got a taste for other countries and foreign films, and you know, that's why I watch films with subtitles now and, and forget which ones were subtitled. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's. Yeah, I've had that. You know, what, what, you know, I, I remember Oasis like at one point where zombies. I would show people videos, like, which one subtitles? I don't remember <laughs> because I, I just read them. Wasn't you know. Oasis of the Zombies initially subtitled, or was it always uh, dubbed? The the copy we had was dubbed. I don't know if I've ever seen a subtitled version okay. of that. Because that's a, originally it's an Italian language film, but right. But but a lot of those are automatically redubbed. That for, is that uh, is true. Film. That is true. Yeah, but there's stuff like like Jackie Chan's film, for example. I would always get the subtitled ones on purpose because there's a lot of inflection in the language that you lose when they dub it over, and I don't like that. Oh, uh, absolutely. But, yeah, but then people like you know. Holly uh, doesn't like subtitles, so it's too bad. Yeah, no, it is. It is a shame because there's a lot of films that you lose out on by by not going to subtitles. You and could watch. I, I, you could watch Brother Brotherhood of the Wolf without subtitles, but why would you? Yeah, why would you? Yeah, I love that <laughs> film. That film was the ultimate fuck you to all the people out there that hate subtitles. Dude, I, I my, dude, my, I remember we've talked about it on the show several times. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta it briefly. Go my for boss. It. My former employer uh, was one of those people. He came and said, "Yeah, I, we went I to love this the, film." I love this story. And then ten minutes into it, they start speaking French. I'm like, and I just and I before I can say it, someone in the background goes, "What the fuck's with this?" Because <laughs> every trailer that they showed just showed the action, <laughs> and it did not show at all that it was a foreign it, language film. 
Well, if you went back, you'd see Brotherhood of the Wolf, and then very small parentheses. Yeah, it was like they let it de loops. <laughs> or de lupe. Blah, 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 de loops. <laughs> Le pack de la loop. Time to read, motherfucker. <laughs> that, that was my employer that was not functionally illiterate. Ah. The other, the later one was. Just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I loved so, and, that. And I, and, and I imagine to some degree that a lot of people felt the same way after seeing Inglorious Bastards. Because, essentially, Tarantino tricked everyone into watching a foreign movie. Because I would oh, say yeah. it's like a... I wouldn't say 70-30, but it's up there. Maybe a 60-40. That it's There's 60% whole, foreign language, 40% English. Yeah, there, there are huge segments where everything's subtitled. Yeah. And, and, and I, again, I, still, I can't stop singing praises. That's, that is definitely Tarantino's best film, bar none. He will never surpass that. But, um... I mean, I remember coming out of the film thinking, wow, I just saw a great action film. And then I'm thinking about it later that night. He's like, wait a minute. You know, I'm pretty sure that was 80% dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But unlike his other films, uh, other other stuff he's done, like, say, uh, Death Proof, you're like, all right, I get it. You're in the dialogue. Shut the fuck up and get to the action. Uh, in Glorious Bastards, like, the dialogue scenes were so intense uh, that you forgot you were watching dialogue scenes. And and I don't know if Inglorious Bastards exists without a film like Death Proof because that came out two years prior. Oh, and because he the, was so into the... so heavily into dialogue at that yeah. point, I think well, he even kind more of... if you see the uncut version. Uh, yeah, which I, I have. Uh, which is oh. what, like 15 or 20 minutes longer? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I went to see. I saw. I saw the. Uh, um, what was it called? It was called Grindhouse. 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 I saw Grindhouse in the theater where they showed both films together. You saw it with and, me. You saw it with me and Mare. Right, and and uh, unlike uh, unlike me, which I rarely, if ever, do, I took a pee break during the film. <laughs> and I took a pee break when they started talking at the diner, and when I came back, they were still talking at the diner. <laughs> I was like, what I, the fuck? I remember you sitting down next to me, and you say, what what I miss? And I just kind of looked at you. <laughs> You're like, no, nothing. I it was a thing. No. I, just, I, I, I looked at you, and I don't know if I went, really? Or if I just gave you the look and you understood. I don't remember. Yeah. It was vague. Uh, I, I have a vague, we, vague like, recollection. Like a million words spoken with one glance. You know these films. Oh, yeah, I know these films. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think our, our wives, well, my future wife, but I think our wives, I think it's one thing they, they um, are jealous of is that you and I have that communication. I think so. You know, that film goer communication. We can speak We speak volumes together. Yeah, people understand this, too, because um, <laughs> when, I, when I was at work the other day, uh, it's just known that... Uh you want to ask a question about film or films, you ask me. Uh, and the, the subject of Blazing Saddles came up, and I'm under the belief that if you've never seen that, I, I'm under the like, how is that possible? How have you never seen that film? <laughs> or how do you not even know it exists? And both circumstances, one was my, two of my coworkers, one being much older, uh, never saw it, and my other coworker, being like my wife's age, uh, early thirties, never even heard of it. 
knew uh, or knew it existed. Dude, first time it ever happened to me, it was when I was I was thirty I was like thirty, thirty one and I had this guy I was writing screenplays with and he was in college, he was like twenty twenty one. I met him while he was interning with us. And uh, we would be talking about films and screenplays and stuff, and I would throw movies out, like like just like, yeah, obviously you've seen this. And it would just like bounce back. I've never heard of that film, or I've never seen that film. I was like, "What? What the fuck are you doing writing screenplays, then, motherfucker? Come on!" <laughs> Things like, like, but the like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've never seen that. How did you grow up? What kind of childhood did you have? Oh. No. And this is before the remake, where you could, where you actually had to dis, like make a distinction between the two. Well, the remake um, was called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which still, you know, was the you know only, which was the only thing they got right. No. I disagree. I think that film's a fifty percent hit in Tim Burton's defense. No. I don't, I don't agree. Know. I don't all agree with that stuff. because all, every all the British stuff I think is really dead on with the book. It's when you get into the chocolate factory that things are fucking disappear. But all the Charlie Bucket stuff, like, you know, outside of the in the house and stuff, that is like that's like closer to the book than the movie original movie was. Well, I'm sure well, I I, I and I don't doubt I'm, it. I'm, um I'm just I, I, I'm I'm not arguing with you. That never should have happened, just like the Magnificent Seven remake that is coming out now. Uh, never should have fucking happened. Yeah, you that, know, there are some things you just the Hitcher remake never should have. There's something you just don't fucking do. Did you see the the, the trailer for uh, the Westworld TV series on HBO that HBO is doing? That was a piece of shit. So I'm glad that maybe they'll improve upon it with the TV. Oh show. no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's like <laughs> oh they should have never done it. But uh, since we're talking about stuff like that. They do have a teaser or a small trailer for the Westworld HBO show that they're doing. How bad does it look? It actually doesn't. It's HBO, See? so it looks it, it looks good. That doesn't mean All it right. will be good. Here's the here's a really bad thing. I just watched the first season of Scream. I'm like 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 an episode a night, right before bed. The TV show actually decent. Really. Yeah, and it's an MTV show. Oh, no. And you know what? I wouldn't know it was an MTV show if every five minutes or ten minutes, they didn't, like, if there's a mute song playing in the background, it didn't come up MTV, name of the band, a hashtag, this or that. See, that alone would turn me off, even if it's like, well done. It, it's really, it's like I'm, I'm actually enjoying the show, and every ten minutes, like, oh, yeah, fuck you, MTV, and then I go back to the show. It, you know, they actually play it straight, even straighter than the movie did. I, I honestly wow. think... Yeah, I, I'll have to say this. I was only reason I did it because I saw a lot of positive reviews, and I so the first season, I'm impressed. Because I'll tell and, you what, the whole music thing where they show uh, the artist and the band, uh, MTV does that in everything that they do. See, I've never, I haven't seen MTV in like ten years, so this is my first exposure. Well, I, I, was, I haven't oh, watched. I haven't watched a lot of MTV either, but I'll be flipping through the. Oh, fucking shut up, Cortana. <laughs> it just ran randomly randomly we'll be doing the show and what came up what the hills cast looks like later which <laughs> which if anyone doesn't know that was a fucking show on mtv so cortana just gave me a random mtv show <laughs> you know i i bought i bought the um echo from amazon when it first came out yeah. i was like an advanced people so i got it for a half price i know and then I, I know and then I, I could have got that too and i didn't and i bought it at uh full price for a, a birthday gift recently <laughs> well i got it and then after two months it's like yeah this is cool but it's useless for me because I, I live in one room in my house right so i gave it to holly and so she has it in her main room and so we'll be there every now and then somebody talking you'll just hear i'm sorry i can't find that definition for you it's like, <laughs> i wasn't talking to you 
<laughs> Shut up. And you can't mention Amazon. If you no. mention Amazon anywhere in the house, the next three things you say are, are questioned to uh, to, uh, to uh, Alexa. My kids yeah. got it working at this point. They Cortana? Did, well, no, the, the Amazon Echo. Oh, because, you have it in your house? Yeah, because my kids, they, they know we, we programmed it for Echo. So oh, I thought you bought it for somebody else as a gift. No, I got it for Mary Ellen for her birthday. Oh, you got you did you got it for her? Yeah, I got it for her for her birthday. So my kids will every will randomly say, "Echo, uh, play, you know, whatever," and then it starts doing it. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But my kids know how to use it, and that they're six and four. (laughs) Well, that's 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 who they're aiming for. Uh, But that's a whole different discussion. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Let me back up. The borrower. Yeah. Borrower. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this all this all happened because I mentioned the hidden because this film is obviously kind of a takeoff on the hidden. Yes. And I think rightfully so. I think the hidden was a very straight uh, sci-fi action film, and this kind of takes a playful uh, like what if angle on it. And if this film hadn't been delayed two or three years, it might have gotten more attention, releasing like a year like around the same time as the hidden. Sure, and the, one of, uh, probably one of the other reasons this film didn't get the the release that it did was because. John McNaughton had just come off of Henry, and uh-huh. they're like, yeah, we don't like this fucking guy. We're not going to make it anything easy for this person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've read conflicting reviews on whether the company went bankrupt, and that's why they dropped it, or uh, in interviews with McNaughton, he said pretty much that they just like walked away from the film because they didn't like it. Right. Um, and it might have had to do with... Uh... Now, one thing I can't understand is, I'm not sure... Um, and it, I'm not sure why the only other movie that's shown in the in the film is the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Yeah, I noticed that. Because that's not a John McNaughton film. No, they show a lot I, of it. Yeah, now and I didn't get a chance to take a look, but is that by the same distributor that they were originally going to use or it's, I didn't look into that. It's possible but, because that came out the same year as Henry Portrait I of a guess, Serial Killer. But, but it, it, but it's not connected in any way to the Henry people, it as does, far as I can tell. It doesn't Kevin seem Yeager, like it is. Kevin Yeager didn't work on it. I checked that angle. No. None of the screenwriters or directors worked on that. There's no connection there. I'm guessing it must have been the same distribution company that they were originally working with before they dropped them, or production company, and that's why they were giving like free advertising to it. But the thing is, the film was being made... Uh you know, two years later, or two years after it had come out, I don't know what kind of free advertising would have. It would what, have what, what year did Garbage Pail Kids come out? Eighty. Well, hold on. Before I say it came out in eighty-seven, so you know what? I bet. Maybe on video. Yeah, I bet that it was. The, yeah. Okay, you're right. It does sound like that Garbage Pail Kids was made. This film was supposed to come out in eighty-eight, and. Mm-hmm. It's free advertising, whether it's like this film they expected to still be playing in theaters or video <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah, no, it, it does make more sense. But the fact that this film came out f- like three years after it was made, oy. it it, it, puts a, it it just like it casts a pall on everything. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mentioned before, it's weird because the main focus of the film is the borrower, this alien that's swapping heads. and Yes. And, and just to add, like, a, a narrative, you have to have 
the uh, the, the detective, the, the police point of view, which is and it's actually kind of interesting because, all right, we found this headless body. Oh, wait, we found another one. But and there's a head with this one, but it's the head from the last one. So this guy's swapping heads. But wait a minute, there's a blood, there's a different blood type inside the head. What the fuck's going on? Right. That's and everyone keeps telling them that it's some sort of an alien, and his head is exploding, and he's <laughs> like his hands and his and his legs. It's like he's becoming an alien, and they're like, "Well, you're crazy, obviously." But, I, I like I like film veteran Don Gordon who plays uh, Krieger in the film as her her, uh, her, son, her uh, partner. Partner. Yeah, I mean, this guy, you know, Don, Don Gordon's been in Bullet. He's been in, like, all cop films. He's, like, a cop veteran. And uh, he's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, they're all crazy. We breed them here. Why don't we bring them in? It's, yeah, it's the scum of the earth. Dogs pissing the street every day. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, because like, he's, like, like, this veteran actor, and he's next to Radon Chong, who's like, what the fuck is Radon Chong? She's not an actress. No, is she? Cause she's, she's, really she's the daughter of Tommy Chong. That's the only but, reason why she yeah, got but, any but that, kind of film notoriety. I'm, or but even, how far? How far does that clout go? How far does like being being like the offspring of Tommy Chong get you as an actress, where you get all these roles and you have nothing to offer the world? Well, and it, I, I it, don't mean to beat down on Radon Chong, but she really has nothing to offer except Radon Chong. Well, there's a couple of things she's got going for her. She One, is, all right, she, she's a pretty black girl that the white audiences c can like. I'll give you that. Well, I was just going to say, that's one of the oh. big reasons. And the okay. other is that she's the daughter of Tommy Chong, who was making money hand over fist for all these studio companies with the Cheech and Chong movies. Uh, yeah. So, it's just like any other celebrity you know, kid wanting to get into acting. They have a little bit of an easier time doing it. You know, Chuck Norris's son made a couple of fucking movies. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> right? And there's a reason for that. <laughs> but, I mean, but she she really, again, she plays the same character a lot, and I don't think she really has that much range. She's passable as an actress, but I wouldn't call her a good actress. Yeah. No, she's I not. I mean, not at all. Compared compared to some of the talent in this film, she is not the, the eight, she is not like the, the top bill. I think I think Tommy I think Towels gets for top billing in the film if I'm not mistaken. And, and he's on the poster too. Your yeah, well, your video went poster, I mean, your video billing. went blurry by the way. Um, I mean in, in the credits, Radon Chong comes up first, but I'm pretty sure that Tommy that uh, uh I keep calling Tommy, but Tom Towels. I think cause, you know what Tommy Towels rolls off the tongue. Tommy Tom, Towels. Tommy Towels. Oh, your Tommy vid Towels. your video's blurry. You might want to fix that. Clap on. There it is. There you go. Nice. Um, but I'm pretty sure Tom Towles is the first name on the screen after the borrower comes up. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, th I think her getting credits is like something else. <laughs> uh, but eh, I, I just don't. But but really, but the problem is like they spend too much time with her. First of all, she's a horrible cop. The first time we meet her, they're busting this rapist. Terrible. And she points a gun at him. And all right, first of all, one, if you're a cop, why do you continue having a conversation with the guy with a gun pointed at them on a sidewalk? And two, if you're somebody on the sidewalk, why are you walking between the guy and the woman with the gun? Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? Why why is that happening in New York City? Why is that happening? I think most New Yorkers know when there's somebody pointing a gun at someone else, you cross the street. <laughs> That's just basic etiquette. That's etiquette. It sure is. She's a horrible cop cuz first of cop. all she doesn't immediately put him against the hood of the car. She keeps having a conversation. Then later, when he grabs a hostage, she doesn't just immediately shoot him in the eye like like uh, like your 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 badass guys would do. She follows him down the alley, 
And then when she gets the chance, she doesn't kill him. Nope. And then she even says later on, I should have killed him. It's like, yes, right. you should have. Well, yeah. Now, here's a question, too. One thing I'm, I'm, I'm unsure about. He grabs that old lady, who, or middle-aged woman. She wasn't that old. <laughs> that walked between them. And then he's threatening to slit her throat. Right. She bites his arm. And I swear he, like, stabs her in the throat or something. And throws her to the side. Um, I don't know if it was a full-on stab or if right. it was just one of those faux pas kind of, right. like, movies. Like, like he kind of made the motion and it was right. an, an accident. Right, I'm not sure either. As an audience member, I'm not sure either. All I know is the cop probably isn't sure either, but nobody looks in that direction after he throws that woman away. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, when she's arresting him, no one's like, oh, madam, are you okay? No. It's like if she's either lying dead or ran off, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. This is New York. Worst cop ever. Worst cop ever. <laughs> and then her other female partner is just as bad. Yep. The 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 the, the uh, convicted rapist that's like chained to a bed, saying, "Oh, come on, ladies. All right, I'll give you this." So, what the fuck is your problem? Uh, really? You deserve to be beaten and raped. I apologize. If, it's a rule. Uh, it's a mean thing to say, but well, really, yeah. you you had it coming. Totally had it coming. Totally. Yeah, I, the only thing I got, the two things I got from the bar was one. Aliens that come to planet Earth have a problem keeping their heads, and two, women make horrible cops. <laughs> oh, and three, the FBI never gets it right. The FBI never gets it right. That's always messed it up. Well, I'll tell you what, too. Um, they really didn't know. They really didn't know how to end this film. No, uh, they no. And, and it's apparent with the way it ended. No, but that subplot. Of the the guy that uh, she catches, and then you know uh, what the fuck is his name? His name um, in the Scully. Film. Scully, right? Yeah. That subplot with him was awful. It's it's it wasn't very good. They it's it's like they didn't know what to do with it. Well, I I saw somebody posted uh, again. I read the uh, IMDb comments just to get an idea what other people were saying about the film, and one right. person had it nailed it down. Although I disagree slightly. They said there was like three different films happening at once. I disagree. There were two films happening at once. One is this horror, dark comedy about the alien swapping heads. And the other is this uh, detective drama about this woman who's having you know, troubles with the police force and her, her, her doubts as a person and, and conflicting emotions about her job and her role in life. And there's one of them has to give it. In this case, since the film's called The Borrower, the cops have to take a back seat. Yeah. And this whole thing with the serial killer, it's like the minute they bring him in as a major character, the second time you see him, you're like, all right, he, this guy's head's going to end up on a bo on a uh, alien body. We know that coming. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And that, you the, see when, it a mile away. Right. But then you see it a mile away. Then when it finally happens, it's like, okay, it, it, it takes like five minutes, two minutes, three minutes tops, and there's no real payoff. It's just like, okay, what, what I thought was going to happen did happen, and nothing really occurred because of it. It... it yeah, I, I, I've written a screenplay like this. There was a screenplay I wrote called Dead Babies, and uh, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> but uh, I remember I got like 100 pages in and realized I'm only at the end of the second. I'm, I'm like, I'm not even halfway through the second act. I don't know how to end this. <laughs> or I, I know the ending, but to get there is going to take way too fucking long. And it's like, it feels like this film did that. And there was like, all right, we'll just slap something on the end. I, I get you. This film belongs right next to um, uh, Desperado with the. That's the fucking end yep. <laughs> uh, re reaction to the movie. Yep. 
Yeah. Like, oh, so we're just going to cut away to this and that's it. All right, thank you. So I guess all the time and energy I spent in this as a film is was not for shit. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, you totally get that feeling when you watch the yeah. end of this film. Uh, I think I think every comment I read on IMDb from people that bothered to post, it's not a very common film on IMDb, by the way. No. Uh, everybody was like, yeah, what was the fuck with the ending? <laughs> this is just... <laughs> Nobody defended the ending. Nobody no. would rightfully say, "Well, I understand what." No, Everybody's no, like, yeah, no. It, it's it's a shitty ending. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what's even worse? Raydong Chong doesn't die. No, no, her partner does. Film, but again, she dies in a lot of films, and my favorite ones are the one, except for the squeeze. I I don't mind her not dying in that because that's kind of a lighthearted comedy. Yeah, uh, I, I even love though there's the a lot of death in it, I wouldn't call it too lighthearted. But you know, it, it's uh, it's before Michael Keaton went dark, but. She dies in a lot of films. Before he was films. given Batman. I, yeah. I mean, she dies in a lot of her films, and I come to expect that from a Radon Chong film. Yeah. She's, this, she's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, what's his face? She's like the Sean Bean of, uh, <laughs> of actresses. Uh, what's her name from, from Resident Evil and, um, Mila and, Jovovich. And, uh, no, 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 Resident Evil. Uh, no, the other one, the Mexican, uh, actress from, oh, uh, uh, Mich uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez, who dies in like almost everything she's in, but weirdly enough, comes back to life in half of them. Yeah, how is that possible? I it's just, just <laughs> you get uh, so used to her dying in all these films, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, apparently they like let's bring her back in a couple. So like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, I think they only killed her in, in Lost because she she was involved in that whole uh, driving thing. Yeah, yeah, she she was. Yeah. still, I think even not that long ago, she's a bit of a bad girl. Yeah, but again, Avatar, she died in that, and yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Typically, when you see her in a film, you know she's going to die. And if they do a sequel, there's a 50-50 chance she'll come back. Yeah, yes. And actually, true. technically, she came back and lost because she came back in flashbacks later. Right. During season seven. Yeah, mm -hmm. so six and seven, I think. Uh, if you on that. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the film really, it pulls... It, the buddy cop... Now, the hidden really pulls off the buddy cop film in a sci-fi action. It works. And... Even more, this is even more evidence that they tried to copy it. They tried to do the same thing in this, but this film is a dark horror comedy. The seriousness of the detective scenes weighs down the dark comedy of the borrowing heads scenes. Right. Yeah. And I'm 100% in agreement with you. Uh, now, I have to point out we've been talking about Tom Towles. Yeah. We talked about Antonio Fargus and Radon Chong and Don Gordon. I have to bring up the one person here we haven't mentioned my bitch better have my money <laughs> in rain hail sleet or snow my bitch better have my money <laughs> i'm hoping you caught this because i did the money he came up on screen is bj barry <sighs> bj barry uh he plays lance he's we've reviewed a film with him in it before do i have to refresh your memory i think you do hold on uh... let's go all the way back to um, uh, the Last Dragon. Oh shit! Yeah, the Last Dragon. The chubby, the chubby kid in the Last Dragon, who is also the chubby kid in, in Airplane Two that smashes the, the uh, jet plane in one of the montages. Right. Who's also in Son of the Mask? No, no. Who's also in the original Mask? The original Mask. As one of the alley punks, <laughs> he's the lead singer of the band singing. And a piss yo! And what was it? And it pissed my wheels. Fuck you, fuck me, fuck you, fuck me. And it pissed my wheels. 
I saw him immediately. I know that motherfucker. IMDb that shit. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> he pops his ugly head up in this. I apologize to him. He pops his head up again. What was funny is they tell him he's ugly. He goes, man, I look good though. Yeah, I look good. <laughs> I'm just like, you look like shit. <laughs> I think his entire film career was summed up in that one scene. Right. You look like shit. I look fucking beautiful. And you look like shit. <laughs> And that song, you know, I, I honestly, I hate to say it, I was digging the song. I know. As it pissed my wheels, like, at first I'm like, okay, the slam shit. And then like the, like it keeps playing on because the girl's playing. You know, this is after the borrower gets his uh, third head as the doctor, and he, and next door they're shooting a music video and the right. girls taping it. And, and it pissed my wheels, which I have no idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> I have a feeling that Oedipus by wheels is some kind of weird pun that was funny at some point in the development but never translated and nobody gets it because right. i have no idea what oedipus my wheels is supposed to mean that's probably not even the lyric i, no, <laughs> probably... the lyric. I looked it up the oh, actual lyric is oedipus my wheels that is that is what he's saying okay then i double check that yeah and, I, <laughs> and then like by the time he gets to the end he's like fuck me fuck you fuck me fuck you i'm like yeah shit it's like sloppy seconds i like i dig this yeah yeah this is good <laughs> I want the soundtrack. Let's do it. How come the little MTV prompt doesn't come up, pointing me to the thing and, yeah, and telling me what, <laughs> telling me what the hashtag? MTV tells you what the hashtag. There was the one uh. thing it came up where the guy said, "Wow, this is totally like the 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 uh, the like the killer like the, the killer staging room or something like that." And then hashtag killer staging room. They're telling them what the hashtag. Fuck you, MTV. But anyway, <sighs> but yeah, but he's in this, and he actually is killed by. The, the most inspired and barely visible special effect in the film right. is when the borrower stops taking human heads and takes the head of a giant Doberman. <laughs> uh, I love it when he said, where are you going? I'm going to see a man about a horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the doc, they show the doctor looking around the house, and then like the dog comes in and shakes his hand, and, and then, like the back of my head, like, it's, it's been twenty years since I saw the film. I'm like, yeah, that dog's head's going somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you barely get a shot of it. I got a couple of screenshots. There's only like one or two shots of it because they have to do some quick cutting. Because uh, obviously, Kevin Yeager on a budget, there's only so much he can pull off. Right. And there's like brief shots of the guy with a dog head mask on, <laughs> and then it cuts. To, and then it cuts to a close-up of the dog. Yeah, it cuts very quickly. I got a couple of shots I'll post on the Facebook page. Oh, okay, in the cool. But, uh... <laughs> uh... So, have we said our piece? Do we want to go ahead and rate this? I don't know. I mean, what's your overall feeling about the film? I enjoyed it. I like the first half, but I didn't really enjoy the second half too much because of the thin... The, the, the Radon Chong plot drags it down. Like, yeah. when she visits the other female cops, like, what can I do for you? It's like, I don't give a fuck about this chick. Right. And the I, whole... the whole I mean, And Tom Towles, I mean, I know the plot is he keeps getting heads, but if Tom Towles was in the whole movie and played it that way, I think I would have enjoyed it way the more. Problem is they, they let off with their strongest actor. Yeah. And, and, the, he, and Tom Towles played it for a comedic effect. And the other actors didn't play it as much for comedic effect. They played it straight, and there was a there, in detriment to the director, he he had three different actors playing the character three different ways. The other actors were very minor, like the dog, for example. The dog right. didn't really act at all. Uh, but <laughs> you think for the three 
yeah, I mean, for, as much as a dog can act. For the three main actors, he didn't really have a cohesive unity to how they acted. And while, yes, it is kind of apparent through the film that the alien has the, like, the somewhat disjointed memories of the different right. uh, heads he puts on, that's not portrayed to a major character uh, characteristic of the alien. So it's it's enough to to thread them together, but doesn't give you enough to... to um, make three different actors playing the same character acting slightly different work in a cohesive manner. Did okay. anything I say make sense? Uh, I, I caught a lot of that, but I was just thinking about how um, uh, uh, Antonio Fargus, uh, before he pulls his head off, uh, his head kind of looks like a baked apple. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. That, that's, all I, I, that's all I kept thinking during that scene. I had I had a I had one other thing to say about the film and it's it's bugging me now. I can't think. There was something there was something about it, the film. Where I was like, does that really happen? And <laughs> I can't think of it now. But uh, I I did like the I did like the scenes where the alien is walking through New York City because this is back in the eighties where you could just take a camera and film in New York City and oh, and right. like not worry about being beaten to death by cops. And you could you could see genuinely people looking. It's like what the fuck was that? There, it's one of those films. Yeah, it's, it's that time period between the seventies and eighties where, when you're watching a film that takes place like on like a, a bad street in Manhattan, you honestly have to ask yourself, like you you have doubt over what is that an extra or is that somebody that was walking down the street? Right. You really don't know. It, like like you can tell sometimes, but there's other times where it's really like there's a, there's like one far shot of Tom Towles talking to somebody. It's like that guy's not an actor. He just walked up to him on the street. He doesn't even know he's on camera. There's no fucking way he knows he's on camera. And there's a lot of that. Like they have like they film people without them knowing, looking at him, and like you can tell they're not actors. They're just like people on the street. It's, it's really it's like almost the end of the era where you could do that in New York City without you know right. without clearing the whole street and getting nothing but actors. I just noticed that the doctor's uh, license plate on his car says HeadMed. <laughs> I never I didn't see that. Yeah, I just oh. saw I just saw it now. HeadMed. God damn. Best shot of the film was when the when the slut nurse comes back for a second round and the shadow on the door is him putting the head on. Yeah. I love that shot. It's, it's like that should have been the cover of the poster. That's a great yeah. that's a great shot, yeah. Yeah. But and and right, one of the things I, like when he takes his shirt off as the doctor, here's one thing I will add. I very briefly got the impression that he is acclimating to each head differently. And it's not going well. And then, obviously, he has issues, loses the head, has to get another one. But when he gets to the doctor, at least uh -huh. I did, you get the the feeling, or at least I did, the feeling that, wow, okay, maybe he's found a match. Because he's even healing better around his neck. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's almost a perfect heal where the neck connects to the body. And he's... He sounds better. He's talking better. It, I was like, is this a direction that the film was trying to go in and then they scrapped it? Because you get the general idea that it's like, shit, maybe this head is is a good head. I'm going to compare the film to The Hidden in one way. Okay. In The Hidden, there's one point where the, 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 this like mass-murdering, rampaging criminal who's in all these, got these bodies sees a stripper and decides, yeah, I want to be in a stripper's body. And for no reason, he like, <laughs> takes over her body. Well, and his body's slowly dying, but he decides he's going to go into a hot stripper's body. And at one point, they show him playing with his boobs like, hey, this is kind of cool. I like this. <laughs> and and I, I, 
in some ways, I get to feel when they show the doctors, like, yeah, everything's healing fine. He's looking through the house and it's all good. And then he sees a dog. He's like, I dig that dog's head. <laughs> I, 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 I get you get the kind of feeling. He's like, yeah, you know, this is kind of a boring life. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. I'm a goer. And I like the dog's head. Let's do it. You know, Let's and see again, what that's like. If, if they weren't spending so much time trying to find out why Ray Don Chong's upset, maybe <laughs> we could have found out why he wanted the dog's head. Oh my God! There's that whole scene where he's like, "You need to go home." No, it's all right. You need to go home. No, yeah. it's okay. And then, it, and then, it's, it, the, without skipping a beat, I need to go home. It's like <laughs> they just told you three fucking times to go home. <laughs> it's like motherfucker. Yeah, and I want to know why she's sleeping with her gun in her crotch. Uh, yeah, well, hey, you never know. That's <laughs> all I'm asking. <laughs> I, Sleeping with a gun, yeah. Why she's got it between her legs, that's what I want to know. Actually, I don't want to know. I don't, don't care. Don't because I'm, know. More I'm, I'm more interested in why the borrower says, yeah, the dog, I'm going to go with that look. Yeah, here's the scene uh, on screen right now. The, the the healing around his neck is like, you might see that on a, on a, on a regular person and be like, wow, something you know terrible must have happened, but you look good. <laughs> you know? Again, if the film had more time to spend because they showed him like walking around the house and like hey the bed's kind of soft and there's there's panties hanging around or garter and uh look at the mirror and say, yeah this is all good and I, uh, I i like to think that you can almost see boredom setting in it's like yeah but what fun is this <laughs> i mean uh but the I feeling mean, i mean do you agree the feeling that i got was that he was met you know a match for this head in some way it, it was it was looking good. It was, yeah, he wasn't having the same problems he was having with uh, with Ode, uh, with everyone uh, with else's Tom or uh, Antonio. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But so. uh, but again, that's just where the film falls apart because obviously low budget, and I guess they just couldn't couldn't get their shit together by the end. Unfortunately, it's right. one of the one. I think it's one of the few, one of the things that kept this from becoming a cult film is that there's just there's no satisfaction at the end. No. Yeah. Definitely. It, I mean, not. You know what? I don't want the borrower to be keep on going. I want a horrible end. It's like the Incredible Melting Man. I don't want him to keep on going. It has to end with a puddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the only satisfying end for the Incredible Melting Man. The borrower, he can't keep on going borrowing heads. There has to be a there has to be a stop game. The hidden knew that. The hidden yeah. had a closure. Had closure. The borrower needed closure. If only they had learned that from the hidden. True. Right. So I I think you're done with the borrower. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, what do you want to rate it? Uh, right now, it's at five point three with eleven hundred and some odd votes. Um. Well, I definitely wouldn't go lower than a five. I liked it enough for at least a five. You know what? J just just because it actually did an interesting take on the hidden. Want to go six? I want to go six. Okay, I I can go with a six. I I, I didn't I hate the second half. I just had more problems than I did no, with no. the first half. I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I can't. The only reason I can't give it a five because it really is, really, who else would pitch this idea? Right. I mean, just the the description alone is higher than a five. This is one of those films that I wouldn't mind seeing being uh, be remade. I was going to say that. And I forgot. Thank you for saying that. This definitely has to be remade. This needs to be a fucking. I mean, dude, if you go through all the horror films right now, the the the, the same shit over. Oh, it's a haunted forest. Oh, it's a haunted house. Oh, it's a possession. They, if you were going through all those lists again, oh, this alien keeps stealing other people's heads. Wait, what? 
Right. Even the even the good horror films that are coming out now are on these tired, same repetitive themes. This borrower idea has only been done once. I've never seen it happen again. There have been people with two heads, but seldom have you seen an alien with no head taking other people's heads. Right. This is an original idea that is due for a remake. I agree with you. That alone deserves a six. I mean, they could they could turn this into a franchise. I, there's oh, I there's so a much TV show. a TV show, although I would prefer a film. But well, remember the TV show, The Pretender, and they've had other ones like it, where every week he would take on somebody else's identity and oh, like, yeah. learn a new skill and everything. Yep. How about that? But he actually takes the person's head. Uh, yeah. 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 Sure. Why not? Hell, if um. And then all through the all through the TV series, Kyle MacLachlan is chasing him like 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 uh, McGee. In the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, McLaughlin. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, even that other show, um, the f- uh, what the fuck was the name of it? Um, uh, the. No, it was the one where he would go back in time and he'd jump in different people's bodies. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. You forget Quantum Leap. I don't know. It just escaped me for some reason. Sam, I'm in a woman's body. What gives? <laughs> uh, if Quantum Leap ran, I think that ran for three seasons or four seasons. I, I believe it's three seasons. I think you're correct. This could run for at least that long. This, this, this you know, with the again, they did a Scream TV show. First time I saw a commercial for it was in a movie theater, and I cried. I was like, what the <laughs> Because it was a, it was one of those things like they slapped together a com- comedic like teaser, and I was like, "This is shit." And then I'm watching the show, I was like, "Wow, this is actually pretty decent." If they can do fucking Bates Motel, if they can do Scream, if they can do like all this other stuff that should be complete shit, and pull out at least a semi decent TV show, right? The borrower is due. It's very due. I, I you know what? I, I think the seventh season of American Gothic should be American Gothic: The Borrower. You mean American Horror Story? That's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> I meant that. Yeah, they could do a so se- I, they could do a season for, uh, like this for that. Sure, why not? Just a brief look at the demographics of the borrower ratings. Highest is females age eighteen to twenty nine, six point What's up with that? Wow, that's weird. That because is a that's weird. not the age group for this film coming out. <laughs> that's incredible. This film came out. Hold on, age eighteen to twenty nine. That means like this film came out like when they when they couldn't have seen it. That's weird. Lowest the lowest um, demographic is uh, um, females forty five and older four point nine. They're like fuck this shit. <laughs> Even they're pissed off that Radong Chong didn't die. What the fuck? No IMDb uh, users. No, uh, you mean uh, no IMDb staff? No IMDb staff. Right, no IMDb staff. Now I noticed they have the top one thousand voters. Which, I don't know, just because you click a lot on IMDb, I don't think you should have preference. Uh, uh, true. But the uh, top 1,000 IMDb voters give it 4.7. Uh, yes, I don't trust anybody's clicking that much on IMDb. Yeah. So, but yeah, females 18 to 29. Uh, I, I, I'm, dig- I'm, digging, I'm digging the younger women in this, in this uh, decade. Uh, th- they seem to know their shit. <laughs> yeah. More so than uh, females uh, 45 and older who just, uh, and only 13 of them. Now, or not, now to be fair, uh-huh. there's only, Boom, there Mike. are only eight females 18 to 29 that have voted for this film, and only 13 females 
age 45 and older who have voted for the film. So we're talking about roughly 22 women. Oh, my God. I just saw a boom mic. <laughs> I just saw a boom mic. Oh, yeah. During the, during during the, the punk rock scene. scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's hanging there for like a good two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like hypnotizing. It's weird. Um, that might be a matte issue, though, because it was on Laserdisc. Uh, that that might be a matting issue. They may not have matted it properly. The the ratio. Oh yeah, I mean when I, I got, I got when I got the work slide. print of Spider Man, there's boom mics everywhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> because they didn't format it properly. Yeah, that that's all that is. Yep. Um, uh, so but just to be fair, the highest demographic of people that have actually voted is age as our age, thirty to forty four. That's five hundred and fifty four people. So, um, the majority of people that have rated the film are from our age group because they grew up with this film. Okay. Yeah, that I makes think, yeah, that makes I, sense. And I think that's important. That that demographic is five point four. Now just to clarify, now here's something interesting. And I hate to beat the bush uh beat the rock, beat the horse on this. Uh-huh. Age thirty to forty four, five hundred and fifty four people have rated it. And it's average fifty five point four. Out of the age group thirty to forty four, only twenty seven are female. <laughs> Which is fair because when I watched these films uh, when they came out, there were no females there. It was just me. <sighs> I think that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the highest, uh, and, and that's the uh, that's the highest female demographic too, because our age I have, we have twenty seven women voting for it, right. forty five and over is just thirteen, and then eighteen to twenty nine is just eight, and uh, and uh, that's sad. It's pretty sad. Women just aren't watching quality horror films. <laughs> I think I have to make Holly watch this, and I think you have to make Mira watch it's this. It's probably because they date guys like us who make them watch it. You know it would be great? And then we they get to, mad, and they, they have to express their feelings. We have to do, like, a a um, couple's review night. Some <laughs> we, have to get, we have to get your wife and my uh, future wife on the show with us to review these films. I'm, we have to pick a really I'm, bad one. Like, I'm, like I'm all this for kind of... it. <laughs> I think that would be killer. That's great. Let's do it. Let's make that happen. We, oh, we should give them their own show, Miss Sucktastic. <laughs> yeah, that'll last two episodes. Because <laughs> they don't want to do it. No. Uh, and, and two episodes, I think that, that that's a high number. <laughs> you know what? All they would do was talk about us for the whole movie. Yeah, the movie sucked. Now, 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 what about Scott did last week? This whole thing with the insurance. Yeah, so that would. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, no. They they talk about it for a minute, and then they talk about things that they're. It's like, oh, did you see the last Outlander? Oh. That's not fair because we did the same thing about halfway through the show, so that's not fair at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that Actually, would... we do we do that most episodes. That's really not fair. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're right. All right, uh, so I I rated the show. Now I, I'm going to start. You have a challenge for me, correct? Yes, I do. I'm well, I have a challenge, but I have a a a bunch of films. This could be a what would you like to do kind of scenario. All right, I'm going to tell you right now. If your challenge is not the Garbage Pail Kids movie, it's a vast injustice. Well, because it's right in your face. No, I know, and and that is on my list of of challenges, and that is Obviously. first and foremost. That my challenge to you, okay, okay, is the garbage so, pail kids. So you, obviously, so you have 
you have like a whole bunch of options and we're going to pick one. Yeah, and I, I was going to start out the show with, if you don't know what my challenge to you is, you obviously didn't watch this movie. <laughs> and I, I did because the first thing up is Garbage Pail Kids. That's right. So your challenge, yes, is Garbage Pail Kids. But I have other films here. Um, I took the whole bad cop scenario and I just kept thinking of like Lieutenant Frank Drebin, Naked Gun. And oh. I was like, oh, we could have a little fun. You know, bad cop. She's a bad cop. He's a bad cop. So I was thinking, oh, maybe we could do some Naked Gun stuff. And then it goes back to the... Uh, airplane uh, with the kid and all that. And then I'm thinking of the kid. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe we could do like Black Roses or something. You know? All right. Real quick. The only, my only problem with Naked Gun, yeah. I love Naked Gun. My only problem with it is that all, the funniest lines from Naked Gun are right out of the first season, the only season of Police Squad. This is also true. Yeah. And so I, I love Naked Gun, but my problem is just having like grown up with Police Squad when I watch Naked Gun. All I can think of is like, yeah, that's just they just took that line. I think the only line that the, I think the the best line in um, Police Squad that's not in Naked Gun or vice versa in Naked Gun is not in Police Squad is when he's like, "Oh, it's a nice ankle bracelet." Like, oh, how, oh, that slipped down there again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is right after Nice Beaver, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he I mean, hands her a stuffed. She hands him a stuffed beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that. Damn yeah. It. All right. Uh, what else you got? Okay. So, and that's like way low on my list, as is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So, I, I, I don't know if I'm prepared to do that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe we, you know, we could do that. Maybe Scott would want to. I don't, but I'd bring it up. Maybe you would be like very gung ho for it. And, you know, if we did that, it would be a very serious episode. It would be really straight yeah. about the film and about um, the, the, the. And then, finally, yeah. finally, finally, uh, the this has nothing to do with this movie except for the fact that when I see Tom Towles, I I see Lane Smith. Now, if you don't know who he is, do a Google search for him right now. Uh, do a Google. Maybe something that would would jog my memory. Okay, he played the father and son-in-law with Polly Shore. Do a Google search very vaguely, quickly. No, vaguely. What else? What else? Vaguely, I I. I... I know son-in-law, but I don't... Uh, he was the lawyer in uh, My Cousin Vinny. Trust me, you want to oh, do... Oh, him, a... yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. I, I look at Tom Towles, and I see Lane Smith, because they're both like these Southern Craw-type characters. Really? That's weird. Well, not like how they act and how they talk, but looks-wise. Especially when Tom Towles was playing Otis. I, for a short period of time, thought that that was Lane Smith. When I was younger, I was like, "Is that fucking Lane Smith?" Is like early on in his career, and I had to look it up to to be, you know, proven wrong in my head. So That's from weird. from that point on, I I, I you don't see it. I don't see it. No. Well, son-in-law, uh, is my other uh, choice because of my, you know, back and forth with Lane Smith and Tom Towles. That's it. Those okay. are my challenges. So. Garbage Pail Kids it is? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what was that long pause? What are you doing? No, 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 nothing, nothing. I think I said... So, someone sent me an Ash for President thing. I had to look at it real quick. Oh, Sorry. sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, I think Garbage Pail Kids is long overdue. Yeah. I, I think that's... Um, uh, as far as 80s, bad 80s films... Uh, you know what? I remember... 
just, just, and obviously, we're going to go over all this when we review the film. Right. I, I collected Garbage Pail Kids like when they were like first out. Oh, I still have we're a note. I still, second, third. Yeah, I don't have any. I got. Right I ha- no, no, no. I have a notebook somewhere that still has a Garbage Pail sticker on it. Yeah, and I believe I, it's um, one of the characters from the film. The this the what's her face? The one that uh, has all the snot. Wendy Snots I, or yeah, some shit I, like I that. remember. I remember being very into collecting the Garbage Pail Kids. I had a bunch of them. I don't know what happened to them. I probably gave them away or threw them out. And uh, uh, I'm I'm not like Charlie Day. I don't have them saved. Uh, and you you don't get that because you don't watch Always Sunny. Oh, messy and, Tessie, messy Tessie. Messy Tessie. Messy Tessie. And uh, I remember when this film was announced, I was like really gung-ho for it. And even I as a child, what year did that come out in? Which one? Garbage Pail Kids. What, 80, what year 80, did that that came out in 87. 87. So 73, I was like 15. So I was I was old enough to realize that this is complete garbage. Oh, yeah. And, and it was honestly, about three or four years too late. Uh, yeah, uh, really too late. By the it's, yeah, they they it's got the same. They, th- it's really the same thing they did man. with the the He Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. That movie came uh-huh. out three or four years too late. That which also came out in 1987. No, by the time they raised the money, they start filming. It's like yeah, we're the kids are moved on. Yeah, when it when it was coming out, I remember I was in the seventh grade, and I'm like, I'm not really in the He Man anymore. And mm-hmm. I knew that I was their target audience because I'm the one that collected all of the figures and everything. And I'm I like, I into, don't want to see this movie. I was more into Cyborg, which was shot on the old He-Man sets. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that wasn't a good film either. But uh, What, uh, Jean-Claude um, Van Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> um, he did good shots in that. It was a decent film. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because growing up, when you look backwards, you can kind of see like when they tried to make films out of popular children's cartoons or things like or cultural things like that. Right. It never worked. But when they did the other way, where something came out and kids liked it, so they like like look at the Rambo cartoon. All right. Okay. Totally inappropriate, and totally. But Rambo was out. All the kids are fascinated by it. Sorry, right, it was a big cartoon. Great, perfect, because the turnaround for a cartoon is nothing compared to the turnaround for a major motion picture. True. So whenever these films came out, Transformers movie, uh, the um, the uh, Care Bears movie, uh, I believe I was in the theater for both of those, uh, both of them against my yep. will. I saw Rainbow Bright against my will. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not because I was like a babysitter or something. I forget the. That's what I was. I was a chaperone for that. Yeah, I, I wasn't chaperoning. I was like some. I was being babysat by somebody. And they were taking younger children to watch that, so I had to go. Yeah. Uh, Transformers, I didn't want to see, but I went. Uh, I forget why. And I, I, for all of those, I like zoned out. I, I can't. I can't tell you anything that happened in any of those films. But Me I neither. Saw and I, I saw. Care Bears. I, saw, I don't think I saw. I saw like, Care. I saw Care Bears. I saw Rainbow Bright. I saw GI Joe. I saw Transformers. I okay. saw the He Man She Ra movie. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I will say that. All right, here's what I'll say: Transformers and Rainbow Bright. I was in the theater while they played. I can't testify. I actually watched them. Okay. That, yeah. That's that's all I have. I mean, I honestly, don't remember anything about them. I remember being taken to go see uh, Throw Mama from the Train, and spending the entire time in the lobby playing arcade games. No, I saw that on, the, on video. Um, I like that film now. But when you're 12 years old, 
I had zero interest in well, seeing that movie. You and I have a couple years difference. Yeah. Uh, how old are you right now, sir? Uh, 40, thanks. For, for the audience, yeah, I'm thanks. 42. Uh, we'll be 43 next month, actually. Yeah. And uh, so the t- that two-year difference in the teens is a lot because I was actually looking forward to watching it through the train. And so when I saw it on video uh, a year later, I really loved it. So well, Yeah, I, I, I grew to love that film later, but when I was a kid, I did video games in the lobby? Yeah, I, le- I want to do yeah. that. That's what it, when we talk about films from the seventies and eighties. That's the interesting with, thing with you and I because our age difference is only what what, what month are you? You're October. June, no, June. June. Uh, just the opposite of October. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and I'm September, so you really we're like two and a half years apart. Um, two years and three months. I'm gonna say two and a half. So <laughs> I'm gonna round up. It's wrong, but okay. All right, fine. You can just say two years and round down. It, it's okay. See, that was my fucking point. Never mind. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go into it. But uh, but so I, it's interesting. We talk about films from that from the 70s and 80s because that two year two two and a half year difference. Right. Uh, when you're talking to like 12 to 14, that's a major difference. It's huge. And, it really is. Yeah, and and like just like like your reaction to films that came out in like 78 versus mine or 83 versus mine. I, 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 it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, again, when the borrow came out in uh, 91, I'm a year from graduation. You're still like a freshman, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we shared a uh, freshman gym together. I was a freshman and we shared gym all that year. Well, you've that's told that story because you had like four gyms. That's why I had three gyms because three. our educational system is a fucking mockery. And this is why America sucks. Uh, uh, well, anyways, and you know yeah, what's interesting? Uh, our age difference is almost exactly the same as my son's age differences. Because Danny's born in June, like me. Sebastian is born in the first week or so of October. Actually, uh, here's the even more interesting. You're, the age difference between you and I is almost the same as me and my brother. Oh, really? My, brother, my brother's birthday is in November. Uh, we're two years apart. So he's al- he's like maybe half a year different from you. Yep. He so, was in my gradu- graduating yeah. class. Now, knowing that, knowing uh, my brother and I, who have the, almost the same time difference as your two sons, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> uh, but you're you're a month apart. Danny and Sebastian, they're totally they're two different kids. No, we're not we're not month apart. We're like two years apart. No, no, but but if you want to go the whole. Uh, astrology. Don't bring astrology into this. If you no, want to, if you want to go into that, uh, no. then. I don't. You don't. I don't. Okay, that's no, fine. No, that's bullshit. It's all. It is kind of bullshit. Unless you talk about the Weird Al song on horoscopes, because that was great. Other than that, <laughs> uh, Albuquerque was on uh, the other day. Well, it was I'm, on the. It wasn't on the radio. It was on my flash drive, but okay. it just randomly played. I'm like, I really like this song. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really sad because I don't have much music uh, background. I, I'm one of the few people that will hear a Riddell song, and I can almost usually tell you what album it's off. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like Albuquerque, I'm like, that's Running With Scissors, isn't it? I was like, yes, it is. Thank yes, you. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. My, my whole life is actually, seg- is, is like, I, my, I can tell time by Riddell releases, because the, like when I was a young child, um, I, I stayed up late to watch the first LTV on MTV. 
Oh really? Yeah, oh, he's the new he's the new co-host for um, what the hell's the name of the show? What? Uh, it, it's on Comedy Central. It's like not the late, 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 late show or something like that. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, Wait, Al's a co-host. He's a co-host on something right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's like no. I I had no desire to watch this show until I just found out that he's the new co-host. The first album I was ever bought as a gift was Weird Al in 3D, his second album, and on cassette tape. And I remember staying up late watching Al TV for the first time, fell asleep halfway through because I was a child. And the rest of my life, I can tell you, like, where I was when an album of his was released, what I was doing. Like, my, my entire development as a human being is marked by Al, by Weird Al albums. Oh, yeah. This, this yeah, is true. so it's very weird. And so it's, it's, I'm sensitive to that. I'll actually... Uh, if if all the plans pan out next year, I will be singing a Weird Al song at the wedding. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. And well, you'll be singing background, so don't laugh too yet. Uh, we'll Mr. see. <laughs> <laughs> don't your best man. You have to do what I say. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> Did you have it now? Before we wrap up, do you have anything else to add about TV shows? I know we got on a sidetrack with that. Because um, I was talking about Scream and Bates Motel, which I mentioned last episode. I don't know if I was going to add anything. You were going to say something. You said, we want to talk about that later? Oh, uh, the Amazon pilots that they have. Did you watch all oh, three? Oh, yes, yes. I, I watched all three. Okay. Um, I can't find the name of the show. We're, and I'm looking at it. I'm television looking. television portion of Movie Sucktastic. If you are not interested in television shows, bail now. Yeah, And you know why? I can guarantee you it's not on the list because it's further down. Because you know how IMDb does that, where it'll say, oh, this show has run from 2007 to now, and uh -huh. it puts it way down in the list? It's like, you know, it should be near the top, because that's his most recent work. It goes by availability. Like, when I, when I, type, in, when I type in borrower for the borrower, the yeah. first two films I get are the borrowers and the borrowers. Both yeah. are kids' films. Right. This is not a kids' film. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's it's here. Oh, oh shit! I didn't mention it. I had to mention it. The funniest fucking thing, the whole, the funniest thing about the borrower, bar none, is if you go to the IMDb and go to the borrower, and you uh -huh. scroll down to Tom Towels and click on Tom Towels, his picture for Tom Towels is the borrower. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they don't even have his picture. It's like yeah, it's the borrower. Forget it. It's like yeah, don't please don't remember Henry because I was kind of creepy in that. Remember I was remember, remember the fun loving Tom Towels that was the borrower. Yep. <laughs> I love that. It's not even his picture. It's the borrower movie poster. Fuck. <laughs> I had to mention that. I, I can't believe I forgot that. All right, go ahead. What's he was name? in the Hot Wise of Orlando as Cliff Bonadentero. <laughs> uh, he is the new uh, co-host for Comedy Bang Bang. Okay, I've never heard of it. Which I don't. His, I don't his name is stuff. his name is Wizard Jeff, but he was on not Wizard Jeff Mike Canter Cankers. <laughs> um, but it doesn't show that he's the co-host. It just shows his one appearance on it. But he's definitely he's definitely the co-host on Comedy Bang Bang. At least I think that's what the show is called. Isn't that the show that that there's there's a guy? Yeah, com oh, the, the, it's comedy. Guy, it's Comedy Bang Bang. The guy that's going to be the new MST3K guy isn't he on Comedy Bang Bang? Scott Aukerman. I. I don't know the name. I just know that I, I, I'm almost positive that one of the new cast members of the new MST3K series, Mystery Science Theater 3000, coming out, yeah. is from Comedy Bang. Is from that Comedy Bang Bang show. 
I think. Well, if it's not Scott Aukerman, it's going to be Reggie Watts. I'll, I'll have to look that up right now while we're talking. Um, fuck you. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't I, say. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, I watched all three myself. Yes. Here, let me get this off the screen here because the movie is over. <laughs> we went to the end of the film. Um, now, there's three of them right now that are in uh, that are pilots that you, the viewer, can vote on for Amazon's next show. That's and correct. It's it's a TV show with Catherine Hahn, uh, Griffin Dunn, and Kevin Bacon called "I Love Dick." Kevin Bacon plays Dick. Right. Uh, obviously, it's a take on words. Um, now that alone, I believe, is it, it's it's. I don't think that show worked very well on a f couple of different levels, and I think that's why it's not going to be picked. If you look into it, it's based. It's it's a TV show based on a novel. Okay. Written by a woman. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I don't want to sound sexist here. Okay. But this is a, a feminist novel. It is coming from a very feminist point of view. So, as a male who's not interested in sex in the shit, city bullshit, I watched the trailer and I was very unimpressed. Same here. And I didn't. I, I didn't know that it was all of that. Uh, I, I can give you more details if I if I search online while we're talking. I. You know what? I don't care. Uh, but then there's the uh, the other trailers for the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme TV show called Jean-Claude Van Johnson, where he plays a secret agent, uh, and oh, his acting dude. career is his cover-up. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just... So, I'm trying to I'm trying to twist thumbs to get Holly to watch the, the pilots with me. Okay. I tell her, Jean-Claude Van Damme's in a show called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. He says, why is it Van Johnson? I say, I don't know. It's a new pilot, so we have to watch it to find out. I said, but where's the Johnson come from? It's like, you know, I'm sure they explained it in the show. I don't have a clue. <laughs> because all I have is the name of the show. Yeah, I didn't know either until I watched it. In it. Yeah, yeah, so they're like, but why is it called Johnson? It says, the only way we're going to know is if we watch the show. So eventually that happened. And then like, oh, that's like, yeah, see, that's why we have to watch the show to find out. <laughs> I do like the looper references in the show. Well, that's the one thing. The problem I had with the show is that I like the idea of Jean-Claude Van Damme. As a, I, like, I love the opening. It was like, it's coconut water. Oh, why am I, I sticky? All of the pipes in the house have coconut water. <laughs> uh, you, you, it's like so. Oh, I didn't know that because you never, never did. It's like uh, this is my first time here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like everything that I loved about the show was like the teaser where they show him like getting the, the microwaving a pop tart and reading Variety and right. you know just this boring life. That's all cool. Once you get into the oh, by the way, I also I'm like a secret uh, agent. Then it gets into that kind of like, oh, I mean, it's funny. It is but, funny. But in self-referential, and I get that, I would find it a lot. If it was just Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, like trying to get a new movie. Like, right. Remember the Chris right. Isaac show? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, where it, it is just it like, is literally Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it's he's a has-been movie star. Now, they did the film JCVD. 
which I haven't seen, right. but I'm pretty sure that film was like just like that, where it's just, I'm Jean-Claude Van Damme, and everyone's like, who gives a f-? And <laughs> that would have been a great show. The fact that they, like, he goes onto a, a movie set, and they're doing like this action remake of uh, Huckleberry Finn. It's like, oh, so now we're in the parody shit. It's like, yeah. I, I, I had mixed emotions. Like, yeah, the whole thing where, they, where he meets the guy that looks like him, and he's like, I'm from the future. You mean like time cop? Yeah, but then you can't touch me because two things can occupy the same space at the same time, and they get a whole argument over which is better, Looper or Time Cop. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's funny from a film goer point of view, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but the whole spy thing's kind of ruined it for me. Right. <laughs> so, I'm like fifty fifty on the show. Okay. I really am. I really. Well, am. I like the first Looper reference where he says, "Yes, it's like the Looper, uh, Time Cop is like Looper, but." like a million times better <laughs> <laughs> but then the guy said but if you're me from the future do you believe that looper is a better sh- movie than time cop <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no that whole scene was great don't get me wrong <laughs> I, I enjoyed the episode but there's this a part of me that hates the whole i'm really a secret agent you know what? It'd be better if they played it like um, Jean-Claude Van Damme looking for a new movie. You know, which is like like trudging through a daily routine. But the whole the whole him having like a secret agent thing, it just feels kind of forced. And it it, it it adds some humor to it, but I think the humor is inherent in Jean-Claude Van Damme. I could totally see that, too, because the way they were doing the show, you could see that if they didn't do the whole secret agent thing, there is that, what you were just saying, that element that would... It's like, okay, yeah. I can totally dig this. I mean, it really feels like Jean-Claude Van Damme is doing Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Right. And and he can't. <laughs> you <laughs> no. know? No. <laughs> Basically, uh, he can't. So just don't do that. If you're going to do Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, do that as a TV show. Don't give me Jean-Claude doing it. Uh, you know, it feels too. It feels less like with him with him doing it. It feels less like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and more like Mr. And Mrs. Smith, which wasn't good. Right. Okay. Right. So, and then the, and the then third the, film, the, the third, the third, show? third uh, pilot is The Tick. Right. Which I I liked very much. Um, I did have my problems with it. It seemed. See, The Tick is campy. All right. Here's the problem. Okay. I'm gonna spell it out for you. We grew up with a Tick cartoon. Yes. We grew up with a Tick comic book. Yes. Then we were given one season of uh, Putty Pat- from Patrick Simpsons. Warburton. Right. Him doing the Tick. And as far as the first live action Tick, he is burned in our retinas. Yeah, he really is. Because he no. has that voice. I mean, his voice... I mean, my kids were watching this The Little Train That Could fucking uh-huh. shitty show on Netflix. He's one of the voices. You, you, so, you can't escape him. His voice is so iconic. So here's my honest reaction watching the show. When I first started watching it, I'm like, okay, they're giving it a bit more background. And then it's like, oh, okay, they're giving it more depth and to make the Arthur character a bit more... Uh, they're giving the Arthur character a lot more background than he was given in the comic book and a little more than than this TV sh- original, original TV show. Right. Then they introduced the Tick, and immediately I don't want, want to like it because the costume is different than the... Warburton TV show. Right, it actually has more texture to it. Yeah, whereas the Warburton like, like, is like is like like silky smooth. Right. So, Which, yeah. to be honest, I like that suit better because it more reflects the comic book and the cartoon. 
But yeah, so again, that that's us growing up with that. Yeah. And and the chin is just a little bit off. And I'm like, that's bothering me. The whole fucking episode of the chin is just a little bit off. I'm like, fucking fix the chin. Um, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I know this guy. Oh, you didn't know who he was? I didn't know who he was. I'm watching, I'm like, I recognize him. I can't place him. I recognize him. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I, ha- I before I open my mouth, I do, a, I do an IMDb search. Fucking IT crowd. Is that you, friend? I'll, you want me to come, friend? I'll come for you, friend. 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 Friend, do you want me to come, friend? Like, it's him. It's him. That's, right. like, the, that's like the thing that's burning my, my I mean, mind. Amongst other him. things, he was in Shaun of the Dead. He yes. was. He yeah, was he even. Was, he made it to like uh, American mainstream, where he was the Italian secret agent in uh, Spy with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Right, but he was in Shaun of the Dead. He was the roommate that was eventually roommate. turned to a zombie in Shaun of the Dead. Right, yep. but again, like for me, the most quotable is that. Do you want me to come, friend? Friend, I'll come for you, friend. Friend. Not IT crowd. Fuck black books. Black I apologize. books. I, I love black books. So I'm like. Fuck, and he's not doing that voice either. That's what threw me off. And he's he he and he's doing American voice. He lost the accent. And I so if you ignore the original pilot, if you if pretend the original TV show didn't exist, the one right? with War, the, uh, Patrick Warburton. Right. If you if you ignore the original TV show, he's doing a damn good job. Yeah, he really is. Right. And this subtle play where they're kind of introducing the idea that the tick is actually a creation of of Arthur's subconscious. You oh, caught that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. All right, I, I didn't think it was that subtle, so I was hoping you caught it. <laughs> and I, that's an ingenious take on it that makes sense, and I like it. And out of the three of them, I think that has the most promise because I want to see what they'll do with that in this new tick universe they're creating. Well, because the thing is, I think the, the most people have voted for it, which I think automatically makes it the winner because it's got, even though it has the most votes, it also has, it's like a, a it's, I think it's five out of five stars or 4.75. It's very high. Whereas uh-huh. the <clears throat> Jean-Claude Van Johnson is also almost four and a half or four and three quarters, five stars, whatever, but it has less votes. So I do believe that the Tick show is going to be the next Amazon show. Honestly, but I with think it deserves that, it. Out of the three of them, it shows the most promise. But with that, I think they're going to get a lot of feedback. And before they actually kick off uh, the show, for real, they're going to fix certain things. And, you know, I know we talk yeah. about you know them listening to the fans and all that, but I think... It is a pilot. It is a pilot. I think the fans right. are going to be very passionate uh, about things that they should fix, and I think they're going to listen because it's, it's just a pilot. Now, he, he, here's what I have to say. The tick, as far as fan base, is kind of obscure. I it, wouldn't call it a popular fan base. It is, but I think they're, they're, they're going to get a lot of feedback, I think. No, no, but, but the fact that it's the most voted show with the limited fan base as opposed to Jean-Claude Van Damme who's been a major action star for how many decades? Sure. I think the fact that he does not have as many votes as The Tick shows that that has a lot of potential. Also, let's not forget with the Marvel Universe films and the DC Universe films exploding, superheroes are the kind of thing and the fact that all the other superhero shows are doing this kind of straight TV dramatic show 
the chick is going to kind of stand out as a comedy. Whereas, right. go back 10 years ago, if you were going to do a, a, a superhero show, it had to be funny. Oh, absolutely. Right, you know. Uh, that's, all right, that's so why here, chick... here is the latest votes. <clears throat> uh, it's uh, I Love Dick has three out of five stars on 2,797 votes, which is actually when the pilots first came out, like the first couple of days. It uh, only had like two or three hundred. Um, so Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Van Johnson. Jean-Claude Van Johnson is four and a half out of five stars on 4,556 votes. And then, this is going to be a much broader search because there's so many things that are the tick. Uh, the tick is four and a half out of five stars on 8,000 votes. So it's almost double Jean-Claude Van Johnson and uh, almost four times as much as I Love Dick. Yeah, I, I got So it. I think we're looking at the next show. And you know what, I Love Dick, <coughs> the two things that, that, that turned me off of it was one, the feminist thing, which... I'm a feminist, but I don't enjoy a feminist film. Right. I I think it's fair. I mean, I believe in women's rights, but I'm not going to watch fucking... Uh, what's the name of that film? Dirty Dancing. There you go. <laughs> without laughing, without giggling all the way through. Nobody puts so the baby in the corner. And on top of that, the whole thing is about a filmmaker and then like, you know, and the writers and this whole... Whenever filmmakers and writers write Here's books what about I found filmmakers and writers, thing. it just annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of self-referential thing. Thanks, Cortana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Cortana. Cortana. Here's what I found for the whole new thing. That's what it took from what you were just saying. Of course she did. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, for as a whole, I just did not care for that. And even, like, if you do a Google search for I Love Dick, like, people are like, yeah, the, show, the pilot's great, but the book's better. So, okay, so the book's okay because the pilot's kind of shitty. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, mm, you know, mm. you, you know what? You know, what I love Dick reminds me of. It reminds me of HBO when it first realized it could do TV shows. It was doing Dream On. It's like, oh, look, we can talk about sex and shit because we're adult. You know, right. we're cable. Yeah, true. And then Claude Van Damme and Tick was like, okay, you know, we can do that shit, but we don't have to. Right. Well, so, you know what? Yeah. I th I think no matter what, I think Amazon would find a way to to have the Tick as their next show. With the popularity of Netflix streaming shows like Daredevil and, you know, uh, things like In the Like. so I'm going to say it right now. The last TV show that I know Kevin Bacon was in was The Following, which was a serial killer, dark uh, true crime thing bullshit. Yep. If Kevin Smith's going to be in another TV show, Kevin Smith. he's going to be... What? Kevin Smith. Sorry, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. If Kevin Bacon is going to be in another TV show, he better be chasing fucking graboids. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the You're, only choice he has. You know what? I'm. I. How many fucking shitty movies did they do of Tremors, and he's not in any of them? All right. Now I. No, like no, no. And I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, that I, I want to say that I've. I've watched. I've watched Tremors two and Tremors three. I have not watched Tremors four. I think they've, I think, they've made a fifth I, one. I think there's a five. But two and three, I actually enjoyed. I thought they were great directed video uh, films. Uh, uh, what's his name from um, Fred Ward. Family Ties? Oh, oh. Uh, Fuck. 
Yeah, uh, uh, Andrew Gross, something Gross. I, Michael Gross, Michael Gross. Yeah, the the, the vigilante, the, the the survivalist from the first film. Yeah, Michael he's Gross. Like, he's the ongoing person in all the films. He does a good job. It's a it, they they hold the spirit of the show. I have no qualms against them doing sequels. That's great. Uh, if Kevin Bacon's going to be another TV show, that's the only TV show he's allowed to be in. Um, Is it Trevor's the TV show? That's I, it. That's you know, it, it's only allowed. It's interesting that you should say that because if next year, if they did another three pilots and Tremors was one of them starring Kevin Bacon, I guarantee you that gets picked. Oh, through the roof. Guaranteed. Through the roof. Fuck yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and end this show. It's been a while. It's already two hours. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Tell me about it. Well, you know, with the brief crash in the middle. Uh, If no one knows that, uh, but now they they do. They still don't. Shh. <sighs> anyway, all right. Thanks again, as usual, for tuning in to Movie Sucktastic. Yeah! Uh, episode 218, where we reviewed The How Borrower. Many How many years have we been doing this? Uh, Seven years. No. Yeah. We've been doing this since 2009. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with us? Yeah, we might want to stop doing this. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I have fun. It's only one day a week. <laughs> Maybe you're, only, you're the only person that'll listen to me. So whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we didn't do this show, we're gonna do this in some other way. So we may as well record it and have well, the masses listen anyway. That's, that's exactly that's how, how it started. Hey, Joey, you know people record themselves talking about this shit. Really, it's called a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, history and history was made. That's right. Uh, you can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com and you can download all of the shows. You can download all of the shows and you can listen to them right from the website or you can listen live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, you can go to iTunes and you can download or listen to the show there as well. If you stop by, make sure you leave us a review. We always appreciate those. If you want to email us, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, you can. The number is 908 908- 514-4470 if you want to do a Facebook look for us it's facebook.com slash everything we post goes there from movie trailers to news to what we're going to review on the show uh, if you want to go to our Tumblr page it's moviesucktastic.tumblr.com and if you just do a general search on your favorite search engine Scott likes Google Google it you can do a search for moviesucktastic and we just show up just about everywhere and that should do it do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. I, Wilson? I do, and there are words of wisdom that are going to take us a couple minutes. So we're going to go past the song on this. Oh, boy. And please bear with me. No, no, no. You're going to appreciate this. I'm going to appreciate I, I just it. Want, as, as the co-host of Movie Sucktastic, I want, to, I want to mention that I have recently was awarded the grand prize. Yes. In, in a poetry contest. I should get my bongos. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> I just packed mine away. Uh the Wurgle Flomp annual contest for hum- humorous poetry. I was the grand prize winner. I won a thousand dollars. Yay! Uh, and I want to point out that this was a contest that you don't have to pay an entry fee into because I don't pay entry fees. So it's a special. It was actually very special to my heart. And my poem, Dick Candles, uh, <laughs> won the grand prize. And so, as a special guest, as a special treat to our movie successive viewers, I'm going to read a special presentation of Dick Candles. Oh, I should have better music for the background. Yes, you should. What What do you want? I, n- no music, really. We'll just let this fade out. Um, 
I can but let I'm, it fade I'm, out right I now. just want to. So for those watching our podcast too, or the video of it, uh, you'll see me, and this is a special video. If you go to the um, winningwriters.com, you'll see that I was uh, listed there. They'll mention it, and there's a video of me on YouTube reading Dick Candles, but this is the Movie Sucktastic exclusive of me reading Dick Candles slightly drunk after reviewing The Borrower. Uh Uh, I just wanted to do this because I feel very, I'm very proud to have a poem win a poetry contest. That means I am a poet. Uh-huh. Which is funny on several levels. And uh, <laughs> and so here is the, uh, very quickly, here's the poem, Dick Candles. You ready, sir? I am ready. They arrive in a box, a housewarming gift. Six multicolored phalluses, an erotic rainbow. Priapic wax sculptures with anxious white wicks protruding proudly from smooth soldier helmets. I dare not attempt to discover if they are scented. Unconventional gifts present their own dilemmas. Where does one place such perverse yet practical protuberances? They elicit whispers from neighbors when placed on windows, and on mantles and nightstands they startle new house guests. And there's no way to explain their presence in a menorah. Their veined, rigid tumescence belies their incandescence. These potentially shimmering shafts seem better suited for as figurines adorning the shrine directed to Eros or Pan. Life fixtures should not in- inspire off-color limericks or feelings of inadequacy in those merely seeking casual luminosity. So these hot rods are just desperately dubbed emergency supplies and shoved into the drawers and cabinets and other dark crevices, where they lie dormant but far from flaccid, concealed throughout the house like an inappropriate, inappropriate Easter egg hunt. But out of sight is not out of mind, for I find myself growing increasingly feverish in anticipation of a power failure or some other excuse to plunge me into darkness so I can storm through the doorways, thrusting my turgid torch with purpose and vigor, hot wax dripping lewdly onto figures twitching with illuminated arousal, allowing these volcanic urethra to fill the night with their flaming ejaculate. Thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. You're welcome. You. I just wanted to share that and 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 and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. <laughs> Maybe tear into my eye with that applause. Great. Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. We are more than just moviegoers. We are artists. God damn it! <laughs> oh, it's some of us, and we will we will be heard. <laughs> So, if you want to learn more about Dick Candles or other stuff written by me, go to smichaelwilson.com or just Google S. Michael Wilson. You might come across some of my stuff. Uh, there is another Scott Michael Wilson in existence. Um, he's a uh, gay um, car salesman slash uh, um, actor. Uh, I, he, <laughs> we met on Twitter because, like, hey, we have the same last name. Say, <laughs> well, we have the same names. Yes, we do. So, we follow each other and occasionally, like, hey, look at you. <laughs> so, which is kind of funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, so but uh, you if you do, if you Google S. Michael Wilson, there's a fifty percent chance you'll find my stuff, and uh, and I'll probably leave the movie Sucktastic too because we've been doing this for so long, and it's a part of me. That's right. And yeah. I just want to say that. Sorry, didn't mean to drag us ten minutes. No, longer. no, that's beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. We will talk to you next week. God willing. Yes. I'm 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 kidding. There's no God. Oh. No. So, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Good night. Good night.